All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. This is my kinky torn torn. Shields of Kitten. This landing is going to get pretty interesting. Define interesting. Oh God, oh God, we're all going to die. Perhaps today is a good day to die. Someone ever tries to kill you, you try to kill him right back. Control, control, you must run control. We are controlling transmission. Captain, incoming message. Also, I can kill you with my brain. Make it so. The kinky torn torn. This way smell that good. I want it. There is nothing wrong with your computer. Do not attempt to adjust the sound. We are controlling the transmission. If we wish to make it louder, we will bring up the volume. If we wish to make it softer, we will tune it to a whisper. We will control the horizontal. We will control the vertical. We can roll the sound and make it flutter. We can change the focus to soft blur or sharpen it to crystal clarity. For the next hour or so, sit quietly <laughs> and we will control all that you see and hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your laptop or electronic device or mobile device. You are about to participate in a great adventure. You are about to experience the awe and mystery, which reaches from the inner mind to the kinky tauntaun. <laughs> so, did you have to rehearse that at all? <laughs> no, no. That's impressive. Holy shit! <laughs> that, that 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 was that was all natural, baby. Awesome. <laughs> well, the first thing we have to awe you is. An elementary graduate. Well, kind of. I poop too much, and then I get tired. John Robinson of North Park, San Diego, was frustrated with neighborhood dogs leaving waste on his lawn and dog owners not picking up after their pets. So he scattered several pounds of chocolate chips in the grass in front of his home. <laughs> I like where this is going. <laughs> John said it was an experiment. And that it worked. Over the last several days, pet owners have been steering clear of his property, with some neighbors afraid the candy will make their animals sick. Some concerned residents have called San Diego County Animal Control and the San Diego Police Department to complain, saying that this is a threat to their, to the lives of their pets. Sarah, okay, two things about this. Mm-hmm. Number one, I mean, you've been around my small children for a number of years. At a certain young enough age... They would probably go picking and eating those things off the ground. <laughs> Melted or not. And just hope there and, are no rabbits in the area. <laughs> and and number <laughs> yeah. And number two. Um I take this very seriously as well, but uh do, uh, there's a thing like if you go to the Hershey chocolate factory or whatever in Pennsylvania, uh they they will sell Basically, like mulch or like a lawn, I don't know what the fuck, lawn shit, <laughs> lawn shit, uh, of like cocoa beans, like the shells. And it's supposed to like make your 
garden or whatever smell like chocolate. Except cool. to me, it always smelled like dirty asshole. <laughs> So by having like I, I can just imagine this like smell of chocolate in the sun being not so chocolatey, <laughs> but more like dirty rotten asshole. That's a bit of a difference in interpretation. Oh uh, well, you know I work with what I got. It smells like chocolate. I think it smells like assholes. <laughs> oh, I'm telling I'm telling you, it does not like you can see why it would smell like chocolate. But you, you like when you were a kid, like when we when we grew up in the eighties, we had like the scratch and sniff stickers were big. Yeah, <laughs> and you remember like you ever remember what a scratch and sniff chocolate whatever smelled like? No, it's been too long. Okay, well it it kind of smelled like chocolate, but mostly it just smelled like cardboard. <laughs> That's kind of what I'm getting at. Like it kind of smells like chocolate, but dirty butt too <laughs> like a cabbie sat on a chocolate bar for like four days straight uh <laughs> you just took that to a, a whole new level <laughs> with that one sir and i'm out i'm recusing myself <sighs> i God didn't say you had to eat the chocolate um well <sighs> true true all right Sarah Fisher is one of those worried residents, and she's warning others in North Park not to go near John's home. Uh, resident- wait, wait, did, did you did you give us the intro? This is the elementary graduate. Yeah. Oh shit, man! Where am I? Like I, I apparently this is still the I element- went out to lunch. This is the same story. For a moment. This is the same story. <laughs> oh god damn it! I, I'm all discombobulated. <laughs> residents are scared of what what he might do uh fisher told uh you know some news report if he's if he's doing this what is he likely uh it's like an animal genocide pretty much he's going he's just putting it out for our animals to ingest and get sick overreact much he must be a bastard but (laughs) other thing he tried um let me see he tried uh putting a yoga mat in his yard and suggested that if animals urinated on his tires that they would get electrocuted. He put a sign on a yoga mat that said that. <laughs> that that's not even that's not even logical. So he's been trying everything and apparently the chocolate chips are working, but he says he's gonna have to get rid of them because people are giving too much shit. So he'll be back to getting other types of shit. Oh. What a bastard. What what he's a monster. Not not really. Right. Just not let really. things <laughs> shit on his yard. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Not clean it up. And not clean it up. Anyway, uh, all right. Are, are we ready to go into our uh, t- the the main kinky? Yes, we are. Get the nerd. Nerd. Uh, uh, okay, ladies and gentlemen, what we have planned for you today. This evening, this afternoon, whenever you might be listening to us, is our X-Men Apocalypse Special. Uh, Jeff, I would be we would be remiss, however, to not start off by talking a little bit about the X-Men. Now, you and I, we go way back when it comes to the X-Men. True. I mean, not as far back as some. But I can tell you this, being a child of the 80s, uh, being into the comic book scene was was 
I mean, a lot of kids did that back in the 80s and into the early 90s. So uh, my my first experience, well, first of all, you know, I you know, you obviously you were around me when I was a kid, and I was definitely a comic book geek. Yes. Uh, in insert Snickers here, <laughs> uh, but not the Snickers in the back pocket of the the cab driver. <laughs> um. Anyway, so I remember, like in fourth grade, I like the first comic book I picked up was Daredevil, and I kind of read like that lasted for probably about six months, and then I've. I want to say that the next one I found, like I was kind of like experimenting here and there as far as what I was reading back then. And, you know, for a fourth or fifth, you know, fourth grader at that time and going into fifth grade, um, you know, I picked up the mighty Thor. I pick up the Avengers, but there was not a comic out there that affected me on such a deep level as back in the day. I, I got this, uh, uncanny X-Men, uh, it was, it was actually called Classic X-Men, number 33, in which was the story, it reprinted the story from Uncanny X-Men 127, which was published, uh, I think 1980-ish. So, uh, let's see here. Pfft. Would have been 10 years before they were reprinting these issues. And from that moment, and let me, let me give a little back, background on what that one was. Uh, it's written by Chris Claremont with art by John Byrne. Both those guys are now legendary for their run on the Uncanny X Men. Yeah, but this was you know it's rep- it started reprinting these issues after Giant Size X Men number one, um, and then I remember it had like little it had new short stories in the back of them, which made it even cooler, uh, which were contemporaneous or contemporaneous ish. With whatever was being published in, in that in that particular issue, so this first issue was Uncanny X Men one twenty seven was the first X Men comic book I ever read, and if anybody knows about it, it's about a mutant named Mutant X who is actually the son of Moira McTaggart. So to some of you who are you know listening for the sake of the movie, that's Rose Byrne's character uh, in the movie, and by the way. Uh, Moira McTaggart is a scientist who lives in Scotland, not a CIA agent <laughs> who lives in Washington. I just want to get that out there before, you know, some some blood is drawn. But anyway, <clears throat> um, and I remember like this mutant X had this ability to basically like inhabit. He, he would possess human beings, mutant or not. And they had no ability whatsoever to repudiate him, to guard against him. And it, I remember like the first, my first introduction to Wolverine was him cowering because this was like the first thing in his life that truly frightened him. And so I, I sort of got a misconceived notion of how Wolverine was back then. I'm like, oh, that Wolverine's a pussy. I remember we talked about this before. <laughs> yeah. Uh and then well it ends up that and you know the Mutant X is only we he actually ends up going by the name Proteus, uh which is from mythology, uh, the changeling changeling god. Um his weakness is when he's in his you know his non body form uh metal non-corporeal yeah non-corporeal form and i remember how like colossus is the one who saved the day because while right as he's about to uh you know punch into you know from one body to the next 
Colossus is the one who comes up big after everybody else is freaking out. Cyclops is freaking out. Storm is freaking out. Wolverine is completely pussified. And Colossus is the one who plunges his, you know, his metal arm into the, the middle of this being. And from that day forward, Jeffrey, I fucking loved the X Men. <laughs> That was the beginning of my love affair. Do you have any any similar stories? I know you were all about the Wolverine back then. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Short, angry, and hairy. I mean, come on. That's me. <laughs> oh, so it's kind of <laughs> like you in comic book form. Yeah. Um, Except without the smoking habit. <laughs> true. Um, let me see. My first introduction to X-Men, um, I was probably seven and uh, got an X-Men and it was a little confusing for me because, uh, you know, the, the female characters are drawn in such a way that they are little more than true to life. Let's put it that way. Right. And they're, you know, they're voluptuous. I was seven, almost eight, and I just started puberty. That's why I was short and hairy. Um, right, right. <laughs> uh, but it made me feel a little funny because it's like they're boobies, but they're cartoon boobies. So it was weird. Oh God. <laughs> so even before the internet, you were sort of already conceiving of, was it like r- rule 32? <laughs> yeah. So is that, is that what it is? I always forget the name of that damn thing. I can't remember either, but yeah, I was, I was a little conflicted, but that, uh, <laughs> so my first, okay. I, I think here, you might. know, here, my story is an innocent <laughs> tale of a young lad Finding something he loves, <laughs> and you're like cartoon boobies. Uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, that's what makes da- that's what makes Jeffrey. me me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> moving on. Jesus Christ. Okay, uh, so that that was it. You, you, you got. Do you remember what particular comic? What that was? Um. I think maybe it had something to do with the or the Phoenix. Oh, so it, jeez, you might have been picking up on one of those uh, classic X Men as well. Although, yeah, because quite add up. That was when anyway. she, that's when she was dressing real slutty. Oh, oh man, maybe you're. Uh, you know what I think you're thinking of. I think you're thinking of Madeline Pryor, the Inferno series. Oh, maybe. Because that, that was, for those of you who are not initiated into the lore of X-Men, which is very complicated, a.k.a. convoluted and a little <laughs> nonsensical, uh, Madeline Pryor was Jean Grey's clone. But we're not here to talk about that yeah, today. Yeah. I am going to give you a quick rundown, however, of the history. The The X-Men was first published in 1963. It was one of Marvel's first uh, series. You have Fantastic Four, of course, came out in 61, I believe it was. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man, not too long after that. And X-Men is right up there as far as when it was published, uh, like, you know, Avengers and things like that. So it, it's definitely as old as most of the Marvel comics universe, uh, with the exceptions of people like Namor and Captain America, which predate the name Marvel. Um, and then of course it was, you know, Jean Grey as Marvel girl. You have Scott Summer, Cyclops, 
Bobby Drake, Iceman. You have Warren Worthington the third as Angel, and of course Hank McCoy as the Beast. Yep. And they were teenagers, and Charles X Xavier is the one who brought him into his mansion. You know, sort of, sort of, kind of what we saw in First Class, except not those characters. Exactly. Uh, there, there was no Mystique yet. Mystique does not debut as a character in, in the Marvel comics until 1976. And, uh, of all things, there's a movie coming out in a couple of years, uh, Captain Marvel. Uh, Mystique's actual first appearance was actually in, uh, the, she used to be known as Miss Marvel and she first debuted in a Miss Marvel comic back in the seventies. So ah. throwing Mystique into that early <laughs> X-Men mix was odd. Uh, but you know, Whatever. And back in the original X-Men, everybody, I think, except Iceman, they all wore matching, very fashionable skull caps. Oh, they they all did. It's just Iceman's got covered up. Yeah. Yeah, of course, like the black or blue and yellow or whatever was the thing. Uh, But anyway, of course, during the 60s, it was published until about, I want to say, early 70s when they just stopped publishing new stories. And right around issue like 65 ish, they started reprinting earlier issues of the X-Men. And it wasn't until X-Men 9, Uncanny, you know, it became Uncanny X-Men later on. But X-Men 94 was, was released almost, uh, simultaneously with Giant Says X-Men number one, which brought in the, you know, the characters of Banshee, Thunderbird, Storm. That's her first appearance. Nightcrawler. That's his first appearance. It, you know, co-opted Wolverine, who first actually appeared in Incredible Hulk 181. Yep. And, uh, brought them in to save the original X-Men who had been stuck on, was it Krakatoa or whatever, or Krakoa? Some kind of island. Right. Yeah, the the living at mutant island, uh, and Scott Scott was the only one who survived, and they had to he had to come back and get some people to rescue Sunfire. I forgot Sunfire, and go to rescue the other four original X Men, and thereafter the original X Men leave except for um, Scott as Cyclops, and then the new X Men lineup after thereafter is Cyclops. Nightcrawler, Colossus, I forgot the Colossus too. Colossus, uh, Wolverine, Storm. Did I say Storm? Whatever. Uh, and so that actually what is, what, is what's, uh, she does something else for a little bit, but she ends up coming back in the fold. And that's actually what I'm going to get to. You have something called the Phoenix Saga and the introduction of the, of the, this Phoenix Force. Uh, which actually is going to play into what we're going to talk about a little bit, I'm sure, in a bit with the Apocalypse movie. Mm-hmm. However, it's that run when uh, Dave Cockrum is the guy who drew Giant Size X-Men number one, and he was in on it uh, until about like one, I'm going to say like one thirteen ish when John Byrne came in. And when John Byrne came in, it was, it was Byrne and Claremont, and those are like the fucking legendary issues. And let me tell you this, that run, I mean, the Phoenix Saga and then following that directly was the Dark Phoenix Saga, and you know what came after that? Days of Future Past. And so we have like boom 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 these just iconic legendary comic book stories across all of comic book dumb. Okay? It's not just the X-Men. Uh, I mean, if you, if you look online, Google greatest comic book stories of all, comic book stories of all time, Dark Phoenix Saga is either number one or it's going to be number three, you know, one through three, no matter where you look, because yeah. it's that 
integral to the medium. Anyway, so you know you have the history of the X Men. The you know, teams change a little bit. Scott, Cyclops ends up leaving for a little while, and then a little bit later, even uh, you have like Rogue finally joining the team. And I've always hated how they did Rogue in the movies, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. Um, and then you have Magneto led the X Men, starting at number two hundred, uh, and that didn't last that long. And then you had the the X Men at you know mutant massacre because Chris Claremont was still running throughout this. Uh, he actually ended up running X-Men for 16 years, uh, come to think of it. Wow. It doesn't, like, when I was a kid, that seemed like an eternity. Yeah. Now that I'm older, I'm just like, oh, geez, only 16 <laughs> years, Chris Claremont? Fuck you. You could have done better. <laughs> anyway, um, so you have that. And then, of course, uh, when the early 90s began is when you, when you had the comic book bubble, the boom before the bust, uh, and, in fact, X-Men number one, to this day, according to Guinness Book of World Records, is the number one selling comic book of all time. Wow. All time, ladies and gentlemen. X-Men. <laughs> of course, it, you know, the, the bubble burst, the comic book bubble burst in the 90s. Uh, and that's actually when I started to get out of, I started to grow, started to grow up a little bit, got out of comic books and I came back to it. Uh, for briefly for a brief stint in the late nineties, was it 2000 when the original Brian Singer X-Men movie came out somewhere right around there? Yeah. Okay. So that, that's actually where we're going to sort of start this apocalypse combination conversation. Comic books in the nineties were trash, mostly trash. Who cares about most of them? Um, but what Brian Singer did with the original X-Men movie was something that had not yet been done a successful film a successful comic book movie and a successful comic book adaptation and that, that i remember going to goofy see as, that wasn't goofy as fuck say what that wasn't goofy as fuck oh uh, wasn't good yeah yeah there were a couple adaptations uh from the early 90s i remember there was a punisher movie with dolph lundgren which i'm almost a little sad to admit i kind of still like <laughs> I mean, come on, come come on! <laughs> but they like Whatever. tried some Captain Americas that were just awful. Oh yeah, the Captain America movie w came out, and it actually stars the grandson of J D. Salinger, the guy who wrote Catcher in the Rye. Wow! Uh, and he was so terrible that was his one and only movie. <laughs> thankfully, just go live off the royalties, dude. They're still selling that that book. <sighs> go go cash in that trust fund. Anyway, uh then there was a fat there was a Fantastic Four movie that was actually never publicly released. Oh. Uh that was filmed at that time as well. David Hasselhoff. You, oh yeah, the Nick, Nick, Nick Fury, Fury, right? <laughs> yes. Oh my god, I forgot about that. <laughs> that was right, pretty so that, bad. Yeah, that that's really what people were sort of expecting when Brian you know, Brian Singer back then was a hot name. He came out with the usual suspects in 1995. You're like, Oh shit, Brian Singer, he's a real filmmaker. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, to this day, I still like usual suspects. We'll talk about that in a little bit. I'm sure. Um, anyway, so when he adapted the original X-Men movie, you're like, Oh, comma, but movies. All right. And then Sam Raimi did the original Spider-Man and then Spider-Man two, which was even better. You're like, Oh, and that's really what started this whole comic book movie. Boom. Yeah. So whether, yeah. you know, you're sick of him or not, uh, Brian Singer 
is kind of at the heart of all this. And, and Sam Raimi as well probably des- deserves a lot of that credit. Um, of course, X2 came out, which was pretty good, I thought, ish. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to air my dirty laundry about him here in a minute. But, uh, you know, like, I just let it go. You know, it is what it is. And I didn't really tie it too much to the comic books, but it was about the time that X, the original X-Men came out. I actually started getting into to comic books again. I started reading the new X-Men, uh, by a writer named Grant Morrison, who really took things on a, you know, very dark direction. And my fascination probably lasted about 10 issues. I'm like, this is just, this, this is not my X-Men. And oh, like too dark. The stories were okay. You know, the stories were good. But I really, I mean, it was really bizarre. There was like this love triangle between Emma Frost became a good guy who's, you know, the white queen. Mm-hmm. And there was a love triangle between her and Scott and, and Jean. And that was all just really weird and awkward. And, uh, it didn't really fit the characters very well, in my opinion. Uh, and I, you know, I got out of them again. They really just kind of shut me off to it. And then, you know, like I said, X3 came out. You know, X, was it X-Men United? I don't know. <laughs> Which was pure hot g- garbage was what that movie was. And, you know, to follow up on that flaming piece of shit, uh, X-Men Wolverine, X-Men Origins Wolverine came out. And I, I, I think you would be hard pressed to find a whole lot, like a handful of people who liked that movie. I, I'm in the hand. I love Wolverine, though, man. Well, no, but, no, but, 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 did you just say you liked X Men X Men Origins Wolverine? Yeah, it's okay. I, I, but I really like get, get the fuck out, Jeff. <laughs> Unacceptable. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm always more forgiving when these with these movies than you are, though. I've noticed that. I, do, I, do I even know you? Do I even know you? <laughs> well, you know, I'm always a, uh, it is what it is kind of guy. You're a monster. I bet you even put the toilet paper on the roll upside down. No, but it was last time I was over at your house. I was, I was shocked. I didn't put it like that. <laughs> Somebody framed me. <laughs> Fuck you people. All right. Uh, <laughs> Wow. Uh, well, besides Jeff's admission that he liked X-Men or- Origins Wolverine um, and the, the the rest of the internet somewhat flabbergasted, uh, <laughs> we, we'll move on and talk about the next one that came out. It was sort of kind of like under the radar. You had X-Men First Class, which was, I thought, a complete reboot of the X-Men universe and uh, had Havoc. Havoc had long been... My favorite X-Men. Because remember I told you that they were like extra stories with those classic X-Men issues? And that very first classic X-Men that I picked up, there was a reprint, actually had a, a, a Havoc solo story that took place. Like He was doing his own thing with his girlfriend whose you know, code name is Polaris or whatever. Um, I mean, like, oh, my God, Havoc's awesome. It was just that that short story was just bizarre and cool and even at the young age it appealed to me and then uh you know for him to be an x-men first class i was like oh this is gonna be cool and i watched it i i liked it i liked i, I like january jones 
Um, yeah, as, me too. As the white <clears throat> queen, sort of. Um, she's not exactly my favorite actress. Okay, I'm 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 going to be frank about that. Uh, Kevin Bacon as Sebastian Shaw, uh, who is a member of the Hellfire Club. For those of you who have read the Dark Phoenix saga, you might know what I'm talking about. And let me t- let me tell you, stop right now, guys. If you've not read the Phoenix saga, the Dark Phoenix saga. You just need to go, you need to go somehow procure it. They're reprinted. There are trade paperbacks. If you were of the non paying variety, you find yourself a little impecunious. You might want to procure some. Some would say um, there's I'm just not a going to say illegally. You could find it. But, oh, <laughs> there most certainly are. But anyway, uh, this is something you should totally read. I mean, th- this is a big deal. Anyway, so they, they kind of took some notes from the, er- you know, the early years of the X-Men, uh, completely turned it on his head with different characters, including uh, Jennifer Lawrence as Mystique. Uh, what was it? Lucas Till as Havoc. You had uh, shit. Who, you had Lenny Kravitz's daughter, Zoe Kravitz. As a character named Angel, which is a different angel. I didn't realize that was Lenny Kravitz. Uh, and then you had another guy who got was, fried I didn't realize really that was quickly. Lenny Kravitz's daughter. Say what? Good looking. That's Lenny looking. Kravitz's daughter. How about that? Mm-hmm. Um, she's a pretty girl. Uh, and I'm, I'm, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. So, yeah, Lenny Kravitz and Lisa Bonet, if you're keeping track from the Cosby show or whatever, that's, that's their daughter. Whatever. Moving on. Uh, first class came out. It was very well received critically. And then a few years after that, you had X-Men Days of Future Past, which I think up until now is the best received X-Men movie. I mean, we, we could, we could insert the, uh, Rotten Tomato specs, right? I don't know. Here. X-Men First Class has an 87% on Rotten Tomatoes. Pretty damn yeah. good from a critical standpoint. And I actually just, I just watched Days of Future Past too, because it came on cable, um, night before last. Okay. X-Men Days of Future Past has 91%, which, de- yeah, that's wow. definitely the best received X-Men movie out there. Would you like to know where, where X-Men Apocalypse is sitting right now? Sure. It is sitting at 48%. So it's not quite X-Men Origins Wolverine territory, (laughs) but it is not Days of Future Past territory either. (sighs) God damn it. All right, Jeff. So we, you know, this is we, what we kind of had between Days of Future, I guess first class and Days of Future Past, uh, we kind of had a tying together of, what was an X-Men first class and what happened in the first movie by Brian Singer. And instead of a reboot, we just had them sort of tied together. But because Days of Future Past, in a way, reset the timeline, it still allowed for that reboot aspect of what you saw. And then we have Age of Apocalypse. Which is another kind of reboot, but not quite. It's kind of weird. I, it's like, uh, all right, we'll, we'll talk about that. So, you know what? <clears throat> Let's start with the good stuff, Jeffrey. 
X-Men Age, and I keep wanting to call it Age of Apocalypse, which is another story from the X-Men. X-Men Apocalypse, Jeffrey, what did you think was good about that movie? Um, had some decent action. Um, yeah, de- nothing like condemning with faint praise. Um, there was some action that seemed a little slow, really. I mean, even though it was action, it still seemed slow, which is, which uh, is weird. Were you not bothered by the bizarre, like, wire work in that movie? Um, well, some of the, some of the fighting that I thought was kind of slow, even I mean, though it was action. I mean, I know what's the stuff you, with, with, you always tell me how much Angel. you don't like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Uh, there was some definite wire work in there, and it was just odd. Yeah, um, it was the angel stuff, the archangel stuff, whatever you want to call him. Oh, don't you dare call that archangel, motherfucker. <laughs> okay, fine. I'll just call him angel then. <sighs> his his fighting stuff was the fighting stuff I liked the least. Is it perhaps because it wasn't really fighting? It was slow. I mean, he like, um, moved really slow. It was roughly the equivalent of two IT nerds getting into a contest about which captain is better, Picard or Kirk. <laughs> no, no, psh, no, Picard, Picard, no, psh, Kirk, Kirk. Like that—that's pretty much the impression that I was getting. And they made they made Angel a kind of a dick. Well, weird. Angel's always been kind kind of a dick, and that's what makes him so lovable. Uh, and then, you know, that's what made just uh, they they skipped over the tragedy of Angel and getting his wings cut off and being bitter and suicidal and all the psychological baggage that that entails. And where he was in, I guess, Germany when they brought in Nightcrawler, it's like, why is rich ass Warren Worthington just chilling in a fight cage? And, Germany. It seemed like he'd been captured, like they were pitting, pitting them oh, against each other, even though they didn't want to. I, I would say his character in in the movie was completely two dimensional. There was no depth. Oh, you all. found a second dimension. <laughs> yeah, so you found a one dimensional. <laughs> <laughs> because okay, yeah, I had like a I, I want to say a holy trinity, maybe a a holy quartet of my favorite. X-Men from back in the day. And I think I mentioned it on our Deadpool podcast. Like I loved Cable. Mm-hmm. I loved a character from that from you know briefly before that named Longshot. But my two favorites, like uh, you know, absolute, were Archangel and Havoc. Yeah. And so for them to just well, basically both of those characters got shit upon in this movie. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <sighs> but I'm not <clears throat> talking about bad stuff yeah i'm talking about good stuff anything else you'd like to say that's good um did you i mean did you like the overall story did you like its message um well that's why i'm having trouble talking about the good stuff (laughs) i i it was weird it was an enjoyable movie but yet it still it lacked depth it was was enjoyable if you were maybe on some sort of illicit substance no it was just it was something that could have had more meaning, but it was just just an action film. Oh, so what you're saying is there was no message either. Not really. Fuck you. Um, That's what X-Men is all about, sir. Yeah. And that is one of my primary beefs with this movie. 
It was just an I'm action I'm saving flick. that for the end of this conversation. <laughs> Hit the pause button. Keep going. Um, Apocalypse seemed just, you know, you know, why do you want to do this? Because I want to. Okay. Oh, wait, wait, wait. No, Jeff, we're still on good. We're still... <laughs> Oh, oh, we're, sorry. We're, we're still on, we're still on good. Um, I like uh, shit. Sansa. Uh, <laughs> Sophie Turner as Jean Grey. So yeah, I liked her as Jean Grey. I thought she did a good job. Um, yeah. Some of her. I actually thought uh, I love Sophie Turner. Okay, uh, you you know how big of Game of Thrones fan I am, and I have to admit there were some scenes. Where her delivery was less than stellar. Um, the whole scene where they're coming out of seeing Return of the Jedi and <laughs> like, oh, the third one's <laughs> never as good as the other. Like that, that whole like, oh, I just want to say, was the dialogue really that bad? Or is she really like just a bad actress? Or does Brian Singer just suck the turd right out of a butt? Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> Well, it could be, you know, that thing I talked about in another show where, you know, is this her first time putting on the American accent? It probably, yeah, yeah, it is. But that's I, probably I difficult. I I don't see it as that. And it, and that's just the part that sticks out in my mind. That was kind of awkward. But uh, there there were other parts as well. Anyway, all right, we're still we're start, we're trying to talk about good. Okay. I'm gonna um, tell you the one the one part that I actually loved about this movie. Are you ready? Are you ready? Okay. Quicksilver saves everybody from the mansion. Yes, me too. I was, I was H- just gonna say down, that. If they could have just like made a movie based on that, I think I probably would have been okay. <laughs> um, first of all, Quicksilver. Uh, I get this is the point where I'm gonna say, you know what? I, I sort of view these X-Men movies as sort of like a parallel universe kind of thing. Uh, they, 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 are, they exist on their own. They do their own thing. I'm not necessarily going to tie them to their main Marvel Comics universe characters. But, but you have to realize what makes a lot of these films so successful, like Deadpool, like Captain America, like Iron Man, is because, in fact – they're pretty true to character. Like there, there's not a single, you know, successful Marvel movie where you have to say, Oh yeah, it was a great movie, but man, Iron Man just didn't seem like Iron Man. No, I mean, yeah. but they, they seem like those characters and what, what I'm getting from this stuff is just <clears throat> nobody really seems like themselves. And I got in a conversation the other day about Wolverine. It's like, I like you, Jackman. I do. He's a good Wolverine, but he's never been my Wolverine. Too tall. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's like 6'3 or 6'5 or some shit just to start really? with. Really? Really? Damn. Yeah, he's 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 really tall. Um and it's like he's Wolverine because he's a little guy, but he's ferocious. That's where the name Wolverine comes from. Yeah. And he's always trying to like compensate for that. He's got the little, you know, Napoleon complex, uh, and so Hugh Jackman doesn't have that. For you know, he, it, it just—if you're missing that part of Wolverine, you're missing a good chunk of what that character should be. You are. 
Well, sometime we should do a thing on who would make a good Wolverine. Oh, we should. De- you know what? Maybe that's how we should close. We should come back and revisit this next episode, and we should recast the next X Men film, which we are going to start a petition on Change.org for Brian Singer to be fired for all time, and we will start our own goddamn com- campaign for a actually quality X Men mo- movie. So recasting and rehiring directors and everything. everything. I mean, we come up with some good ideas on the show. God. Damn it, people need to listen. <laughs> Sorry, man. This 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 film got me fired up. And I'll tell you why. Because everybody's like, oh, I'm so excited about Captain America's Civil War. And I was like, fuck you people. I'm an X-Men guy. I can't wait for X-Men Apocalypse. And then I saw that flaming turd. And I'm not going to say it's as bad as X-Men Origin Wolverine's. But you know what? I think it is. And this is why. I like because the level of disappointment, the sheer disregard for who the X-Men are is an abomination. It is anathema. (laughs) That's the thing with the X-Men, man. The X-Men, I guess I'm going on my tear right now. The X-Men have always been about the message. Always from back in the day, you know, in 1963, you couldn't get away in open forum talking about white people and black people being equal. So Stan Lee, Stan motherfucking Lee comes up with this comic book idea saying, hey, mutants and humans are different, but the same and can be friends or can't they? And so the entire first you know, 30, 40, 50 issues of the X-Men was really about race relations. There was a message there. And then in the seventies, you have the message of about, of course you have the, the idea of power and power corrupts and things like that with the dark Phoenix, uh, the dark Phoenix saga, but you had a lot more of the messages of friendship and what, what does it take to be good? What does it take to be bad? I mean, real ethical and moral dilemmas presented in the X-Men. And then you get this X-Men apocalypse movie, 2016, and it says nothing. Yeah. I, I have learned nothing. I value nothing that it I has could say, to say that there was a tiny bit of um uh kind of a rule by the elite is the way things should be kind well, of things there, there was also the tiny bit of like the, the, the weird even that was kind of weird but the conversation mystique was having like oh this is family i'm gonna take care of that like that's kind of what some it, it, it felt like it was cut and pasted like hey we should make a you know more you know public service announcement right now and say this okay and that you know that's what made that line of dialogue and there uh, was other, also, otherwise it didn't fit what there there was also a little bit of uh, kind of ludditeism oh, what is it luddite uh, okay i i my brain's farting maybe i'm too angry i don't know <laughs> anti technology uh Oh, okay, okay. Because uh, remember, Apocalypse was didn't like all the technology that they'd created. He even wants though, he wants the humans to get off his lawn. Even though he seemed to use some kind of technology himself. All right. 
that you know, that, gold that brings stuff up, okay. looked like circuitry. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm still trying to talk about the good. I'm still trying to. Okay. I'm trying okay. to. You're doing a bad job. I'm doing a terrible <laughs> job. <sighs> I don't know, man. I don't think I've been this disappointed in a movie since Phantom Menace. I'm serious. Uh, are, are, are you not like, <sighs> I love Star Wars. And then that piece of crap came out. I love X-Men. And up until now, I've been able to deal with it. Even with, with X-Men 3, you, you know, X-Men United, I'm like, eh, you know, I'm the juggernaut bitch. That's kind of funny. And like, yeah. I didn't have the hatred for it. But now it's just like they're trying to play things with things too loosely and here here's a little little tidbit for you apparently this has come out long after the fact by james marston and hugh jackman brian singer actually bans the reading of comic books during filming he says he, he encourages the what? actors to not consult the source material what yeah wait james marston yeah. Uh, you mean the dude uh, who reads the Dresden Files and was an angel? Isn't that James Marsters? Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Very similar. And both fantastic actors. Let me say. Let me just say. <laughs> uh, no. Um, anyway. <laughs> I made you lose your place. <laughs> say what? I made you lose your place. You did. I'm, I'm still like, <laughs> I'm trying not to get fired up, but I keep getting fired up, Jeffrey. I liked the part when um, uh, Quicksilver starts beating the shit out of Apocalypse. That was kind of funny. Yeah, the, the, yeah. until the, the leg crunching. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'd say anyway. Quicksilver was one of the best parts of the movie. Yeah, and that's the sad, you know, the sad part is Quick, Quicksilver has always been sort of a uh, third stringer. Yeah. He's always been a big dick. Like, nobody yeah. likes Quicksilver. Whiny. Whiny bitch is yeah, how I describe yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, he did okay in X Factor uh, back in the early nineties as well. I mean, that was all right, but I actually like Evan Peters' portrayal of Quicksilver a lot. Yeah, uh, and in both but still, Days of Future it's Past, it's not true. It's not true to the source material. No, it's not. It's not at all. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's completely is, different, dude. Is Storm ever going to have her actual backstory? You kind of got it. Uh, I mean, she and didn't have I, it in you know, the others. I, I love she didn't how have it in this one. We we have Charles get, becoming bald because of Apocalypse and Storm getting her white hair because of Apocalypse. And so mm -hmm. you might as well just call this X-Men hair changes. <laughs> <laughs> it would have made more sense. I don't okay. know. I don't I know exactly I can't what talk to say. Any more good? Let's talk about some <laughs> less prominent beefs. Well, no, I got one more good thing. Oh, oh, oh go, go, go! Uh, Professor Xavier said he wanted to remodel the mansion. Wait, say that again. Professor Xavier said he wanted to remodel the mansion. Now he has the opportunity. Oh, that he does. That, <laughs> I mean. It, it, it wasn't really remodeled because at the end it's just Gene and, and like Magneto just like, oh, okay, let's play Legos, put shit back together. <laughs> I mean, meanwhile, it's like, what? 
All right. I'm not going to talk about that yet. Uh, okay. What I'm going to talk about is just like the, the gross misuse of characters. Okay. Oh, wait, Bef- before you disagree with me, probably. Okay. <laughs> I liked, um, Magneto's pre shit going down story with him and his family. I thought that was pretty good. <sighs> yeah. You know what? You're right. I, I did. I didn't mind that. It was all right. I, I can deal. I can deal with that. Okay. Mm-hmm. But let's consider a few things. All right. Are you ready to consider? Always. Um, the, the time frame thing. Okay. <sighs> X-Men came out or the you know, X-Men first class was supposed to be 1963. Bear in mind that Eric Lencher Magneto was a kid in a concentration camp in World War II. So, like, what age would you think that would put him in 1963? Um, let me see. Let's so say you think about like 1940. Let's see, 43, 40, maybe maybe how 43? old do you think he was? Like 12, 13? I would say like 12 years old in 1943. So maybe born in 1931. So, so in 1963, him- he's 32. And yeah. Days of Future Past was 1973. Michael Fassbender should be 52. <laughs> they should have made him look a little older. X Men Apocalypse, Jeffrey. Magneto should be sixty three. Is that fifty three? Sorry, I'm getting forty three then fifty three. Damn, adding numbers. I, I can't even so add, he's add got and subtract the, numbers. In my fury. So um, Magneto's got the good skin. So and, and basically in a, age of, <laughs> I keep calling age in X Men Apocalypse, Magneto should be fifty three years old ish. Give or take probably two or three years. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Havoc. Let's say at the very youngest in X-Men first class, he was 16 in 1963. Are you with me now? Now he looks like 17, 10 years later. Yeah. Yeah. It, no, this is 20 years later. <laughs> 20 years. Later. 20 years later, <laughs> Lucas Till should be like 36. They should have done some like aging 17. Makeup. They should have done some aging makeup is what you're saying. They should have done all sorts of things and none of it makes sense. None of it makes sense, Jeffrey. None of it makes sense. <laughs> and then they killed Havoc. Fuck, fuck Brian Singer. I mean, that, that did they, or did uh, they? I, I they hear what you're saying. It. I hear what you're saying. He's in the basement. But, of course, he was also right next to the blast radius. I say the only way that he's still alive. And I guess it would kind of make sense according to the, the comic books. Uh, this The character origins are not even close to what they should be. Number one, Alex is the no. younger brother of Scott uh, by a few yeah. years. And when yeah. they're little – they are forced to jump out of a, a an airplane that's about to crash. Their parents, you know, they only had one parachute, so they strap it on Scott, and they're like, "Hey, hang on to your brother for everything that you know yeah, you're worth." Uh, he hits the ground, like basically his mutant power manifests itself because he cushions himself using his eyes, and he lands and he uh, hits his head. He's in a coma, and he basically loses track of his brother because he's eventually adopted out. And the idea is that this character who shows up in the post-credit sequence of X-Men Apocalypse is a guy by the name of Mr. Sinister. And Mr. Sinister is the one who experimented on Scott. He's actually the one who discovered about the Ruby Quartz visor. And I thought that whole 
the scene in X-Men Apocalypse where like Hank's just like, oh, here's some Ruby cards. This might work. Like, where'd you come up with that? <laughs> also, Scott's Otherwise, blasts. Scott's blasts are concussive, not like heat base. Whereas yeah, Havoc, true. Havoc fuck shit. He, he's alpha level mutant, like Gene Gray it's and a Magneto. Plasma. It's a yeah, plasma it's, stream. It's fucking plasma. That's the sun, man. He could, he's going to fuck your day up for sure. But I will um, say, as far as the tree being on fire, force yeah. will, will, force will create heat. <sighs> <laughs> it will. Uh, all right. All right, Jeff. All right. All right. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, like Lucas Till, uh, Havoc, he should have been 36. His little brother is 16. So basically, Scott was born four years at, like into becoming an X-Men. It makes no fucking sense. <laughs> All right. More gr- gross misuse of character. We already talked about Angel slash Archangel. We, they, they cut out that whole sequence where, you know, he should have been a member of the X-Men. He lost his wings. Even if they didn't mm-hmm. play it out the same way. I mean, it doesn't have the same gravitas as what Archangel should have. And I realized now, that there would be a bunch of blue guys running around that we probably don't need with Mystique and Apocalypse himself, but Archangel should be blue. Yeah. Um, you don't have to put them in the same. That's the other, one of the other things is Psylocke, who was also grossly misused, uh, and Olivia Munn was grossly misused, which is probably the greatest crime of all. Oh, God, she was hot. Oh. Okay. Anyway, her costume was like the first real X-Men costume in yeah. an X-Men movie. Yeah. No, nobody. And I mean, you had the black and white ones in first class that sort of echoed the old ones, but. Man, there's no Phoenix costume. There's no Wolverine. There's no real Cyclops costume. There's no fucking Colossus costume in anything ever. Well, they did the Colossus costume in um, Deadpool. Deadpool. Yeah. Yeah. No, you know, no Nightcrawler. Like, they kind of got it ish, but. <sighs> Psylocke. Well, here's. Psylocke is, is mostly a good a good guy, always been a good guy. There's a period in the X-Men comics where she got a little bit brainwashed and turned to Asian. That's right, another before, story. Before we go too far, I'm trying to remember who were his four horsemen. I know that one was Archangel. Ar- Archangel was one of them. He was Death. And you yeah. had other – they're sort of like one-off characters, Pestilence, Famine, and War. But they weren't other X-Men. They were not other X Men. They were they were okay. one offs basically. Okay. Yeah, and that the whole orge like the whole origin of apocalypse thing, it's so antithetical to actual Egyptian history, and I'm I'm sure a lot of people aren't as well versed as others in the actual historicity of something like this. But it was just complete hogwash. The the whole sequence, man. <sighs> what was his origin in the comics? I mean, it's basically it's it's essentially the same kind of thing where he was the, the he's basically the world's first mutant, and he was in ancient Egypt, but it, it didn't. He was never in a tomb, you know, basically a tomb for five thousand years or whatever the fuck that was. I love how Apocalypse has every fucking power that the writers want to give him in, in a particular moment, but he apparently didn't have the power to wake up. 
Yeah. It seems like, you know, she was trying to protect him from all the falling debris, whoever that was. And it's like, well, if he can survive being entombed for thousands of years, it seems like a couple of stones wouldn't be a problem. No, no. And how is healing factors that good? (laughs) No, no, God damn it. And how many, and like, that's the other thing. Like how many mutants did he possess before that, because I mean, we're led to believe that mutants in, in the ancient world would have been very rare. I mean, maybe he would have had his four, ho- four horsemen, but he probably would have had like combed the world for them. And that, but then he's just like, God damn it. Homo sapiens say has only been around for a couple hundred thousand years. Uh, Homo sapiens sapiens, what we are currently has only been around for what, like 80,000 years? So. Uh- Depends the on which book you're looking Either at. Either way, it's just like <laughs> why in terms of evolution, there's not going to be that much evolution within a you know a few five thousand years is actually you know a pretty short amount of time anyway. Uh, whatever. So apocalypse. I hated his look. Hated it. I abhor. Oh, he did not look like apocalypse. He did not act like apocalypse. The, there was nothing redeeming to me about that fucking villain. Uh, and we're not even to the bad part yet, man. Um, <laughs> are we ready to talk about the ugly yet? Sure. <laughs> um, Jeff, let's start with this, you know, like enhancing the powers thing. What the fuck is that? I'm going to make you more powerful, Storm, and turn your hair white. <laughs> I'm going to give you metal wings. You're now cooler. I mean, it, it, it absolutely made no sense. Psylocke in the comic books is a telepathic, telekinetic. Um, and yeah, of course, that her blade of hers is a psychic blade. Cut. Yeah. Say what? Can't cut sh- I don't remember it cutting shit. It just no. made people like pass out. <sighs> yes. Right. right. <sighs> anyway. Hold on, just uh, a second. And, and, Hold on. And, and, like, Cat Magneto's f- powers really needed to be enhanced. Seriously? Hold on, just a second. I gotta throw a water bottle at the cats. Knock it off! <laughs> you sound like an old lady in a trailer just now. <laughs> they were fighting. Oh my god. That's funny. <laughs> I guess that right. bell we right. put on Coon Cat so Blind Gus could find her paid off. <laughs> So Magneto, who already was one of the top few mutants in the world, was apparently enhanced to make him even more powerful, but Apocalypse just starts sucking the metal and infrastructure from the entire world into Egypt That's to pretty build powerful. A, he built this city. He built that city on rock and roll. I, I, I don't get it. What the fuck was he doing? Well, now when he creates the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, uh, it's kind of a done deal. I think he's going to win now. Because he can just, like, metal people to death? Oh, he can, like, just pull the metal out of the entire world and use it. I mean, that's that's pretty uh, powerful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, why? Was Apocalypse trying to create a new city? Uh, He was... That's the thing. He was just trying to destroy everything so he could build anew. It's like, Why? Why, but no, why no, no. not rule but what do is? Do you see what I'm saying? Okay, that might have been one goal, but his other goal was to use Charles to take over everybody's minds. 
So why? Why the hell? Why the fuck? What the hell is going on here? Would he also want to destroy it if he can control all of their minds anyway and it doesn't matter? I don't if know. he had just said, hey, I'm just going to control everybody's minds, like game over, he probably would have won. And But instead, he wanted like fuck shit up too. And they lost. What, whoever wrote this is an idiot. Okay, so what kind of sense does that make, Jeffrey, to fuck shit up, like concentrate on just ruining things that you're going to be able to ruin? later if you want to uh he's a luddite i don't know <laughs> so i think i can think of what what kind of sense does it make the the screenwriter brian and brian singer are are both uh, it's just completely mind-boggling how this script passed a green and it got a green light because it doesn't make sense. This, this, the climax of the movie makes zero fucking sense. Well, the one thing I thought they were going somewhere with a certain plot that they just didn't, which okay, I thought okay. was strange. You know what? I kind of um, got, I kind of got the same feeling too. Um, when and they, here's, when here's they, the other thing. Well, Wait, the, go ahead. Here, let me. When they when they shot all of the nuclear missiles oh my into God. the into orbit i figured well okay that's how he's going to destroy the world he shot him into low earth orbit and now they're going the orbit's going to decay and they're going to fall back to earth armed <laughs> that, and that's blow true. up at random so i thought that's how he was going to destroy the world but no no <laughs> no okay how, how about the ending jeff let's talk about that uh, Quicksilver oh. does a little bit to fuck him up. Mystique's trying to save everybody. Rattle, rattle, rattle. They just rescue Charles, and they're all sort of bombarding Apocalypse. And Magneto is like sending all of his mysterious, un you know undefined usage metal at Apocalypse, and it keeps bouncing off. Um, Jeff. Isn't that kind of like the definition of stupidity? Um, it was kind of like, once again, we had, we are not going to really explain where Gene got all this extra power from. It's just going to be there. Oh, oh deep no, you're jumping ahead. Uh, you're jumping ahead a little bit to how they actually do, <laughs> how they actually yeah. do defeat him. But, yeah. okay, let's see if you're Magneto. You've got all this metal. The only thing protecting Apocalypse is his little force field. Okay, I'm going to make a big-ass metal ball and hurl his ass into the sun. That would probably work. But no, he would develop some kind of power he'd never displayed before to get out of it. <laughs> There's no defense <laughs> against shitty writing. <laughs> My mutant ability is to guard against shitty writing. How about that? <sighs> anyway. Uh, okay, and of course, like you like you just mentioned, you have Jean Grey. It's sort of hinted at, it's intimated earlier in the film that she's got this extra power that they don't explain that is the Phoenix. And of course, when she sort of defeats Apocalypse, it takes the, the Phoenix form. Uh, I, I have a lot of problems with this. It's number and chief among them is the Phoenix is its own thing. The Phoenix, the Phoenix Force 
is its own entity. It's, it's a cosmic entity. It does its own thing in space, finds Jean Grey while she's actually in space. Yep. <sighs> but no, apparently it's something she's born with, like epilepsy or... And they've done that twice now. They've, they've done that twice now. So it seems like that's the way they're going to keep doing it. And, and here's the thing. Even without the Phoenix Force, Jean Grey is supposed to be like an alpha, or short, I think they call him Omega, a mega level mutant, which means like the most powerful mutants there are. Um, like, why? why? Like, it, are they going to end, are they going to give us another sort of version of the Dark Phoenix saga next movie? But they've with already Mr. compromised. Sinister as well? Because ar- that makes no fucking sense either. They've already compromised the origin, so how are they going to do it justice that well that's the thing they can't do it justice and if gene gray is so fucking powerful how is it gonna make the you know unless the real enemy is her how is it gonna make it interesting anyway uh man wait wait this is something else i just thought of this wasn't at the x-men at the end of x-men days future pass when wolverine is basically sucked up from the river and rescued or whatever, and you think it's it's uh, Striker, young Striker. Remember this? Yeah. But it, and it, you know, at the end of the movie, isn't it really Mystique that saves him? Uh. It wasn't really Striker all along. It was Mystique saving. I don't Wolverine. remember. I, I don't and remember. Except like they forgot what happened at the end of Days of Future Past. Like, oh, he really got. Kidnapped by Stryker, even though at the end of the last movie he wasn't in Stryker's hands. Hey, and look, it's Bill Cosby, guys. Watch out, he might try to date rape you. And the, <laughs> the X Men, uh, I mean, the, the origin story for Wolverine. Um, what, the Weapon this, X. This was like the second or third version of that one where, <laughs> like, <laughs> the original X Men. X-Men well, Origin Wolverine, and now this. Well, remember the original origin story, you know, where they started off with uh, him saber-tooth killing his, his uh, wife or girlfriend or something? Oh, but, and, yeah. And, and then they went back and said, no, that was all part of the Weapon X program and that they were both involved in. And it was all drugs and, and manipulation to yeah. make them see things and train them. I think that was this one with that thing on his head. Yeah. I think that was like that version where they were like using drugs and visual things to trick him and train him. Uh, uh, oh my God. Right? I, I don't, I don't know, man. <sighs> anyway, I, I guess what I'm trying to say with, with all of this is not only doesn't make any, like it doesn't make any sense. The writing was absolute shit. I can't even blame the actors on this. Like some people have been complaining that Jennifer Lawrence, oh, she's mailing it in. Fastbender's mailing it in. They just want to fulfill their contracts. And rightfully so, because the script that they were given was was unfiltered trash. Well, I um, thought Fastbender did a good job with that first story arc with his family. Yeah. I mean, well, that's the thing. McAvoy, Jennifer Lawrence. I, I like Jennifer Lawrence uh, beyond just her aesthetically pleasing demeanor. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I like these people as actors. I like Nicholas Holt as an actor and they, they did all right with what they were given. It's just that they were given absolute shit. <sighs> and 
the the end of the story is basically the world's trashed. It's destroyed. Magneto fucked yeah. everything up, and. <laughs> For him to not have any sort of reckoning with that is absolutely absurd. It's like, dude, you just probably killed a million plus people. Um, True, you can't you can't go back to Westchester and rebuild the mansion. You're a dick. You're a dick. You're, you're going to prison, or you need to go execute yourself because this this is unacceptable. Um, I mean, what what exactly did the X Men save people from? Um, everyone dying. I don't know. <laughs> Everyone dying. But that's the thing. I mean, it, it's this whole new level with what Zack Snyder did with Man, with Man of Steel. And here, like, I liked Man of Steel up until the part where the plane crashed and then he started fighting Zod again and then ends up destroying a good portion of Metropolis. This is the same sort of thing with, with le- le- even less sense making, uh, where you have the X Men and those associated with the X Men pretty much just fucking up the whole world, and then with the end, you know, at the end you're like, "Hey, I saved everybody!" Yeah, you're like, "Uh, you guys suck." Like, you should well have never let well? let it get to this point. All's well that ends well. <sighs> <laughs> Thanks, Shakespeare, asshole. <laughs> Oh my God. Uh, I mean, so I, I actually think that Brian Singer has one upped Zack Snyder in this respect. Uh, you, you just had that over the top, you know, brinksmanship with, with Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman. And now Brian, I mean, what the fuck was he thinking? Is he, is he just that much of a hack filmmaker? And I'm, I, I told you when we started this, like, I li- I love usual suspects. But is that more a product of the script and another Could guy be. and Brian Could Singer be. just kind of got lucky as he muddled his way with some good, some great performances by Kevin Spacey and Kevin Pollock and Gabriel Byrne and those guys and every other movie he has released, even apt pupil with Sir Ian McKellen before he was Magneto. He was, he was a Nazi, uh, escaped Nazi officer in America. And like that movie wasn't very good. And everything he has had since then has been either X-Men or Superman, Superman returns. And they're all just not good movies. He's had one good movie in 21 years. (sighs) X-Men. Who wrote X-Men? Who wrote the first X-Men? I don't know who wrote it, but uh, I'm like, I liked X-Men when it first came out, but Jeff, it doesn't stand the test of time at all. I, I you know, watched it probably about a year ago. I'm like, oh, this is not very good. Well, um, I can't remember the way I heard it, though, but there was like this uh, people talking about how bad do you feel for your, for Hugh Jackman? He was like, man, I got this action hero, you know, just wrapped up. I am the man. And then Tony Stark, <laughs> Iron Man. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then that that's such a big it's been such a big difference. Cause you know, twenty years ago, if you were gonna say, like, oh, what's cooler, Avengers or X-Men? Like everybody would have said the X-Men. But now it's almost like it's ma- Singer has made the X-Men into almost a punchline. And Marvel's just laughing the you know, Marvel and Disney are glad that it sucks. Because somehow they want to get control of the you know, the rights back, 
and they're sort of rooting for it to fail. But in the meantime, you had Deadpool, which was so great because you actually had an actor and some filmmakers and writers who cared a lot about the character and wanted to make I, it true was, to the character. He's I was the just going to say one. something. Yeah. What? I was just going to say, I, I, I just figured it out when you when we were talking about this. Yeah. What was the problem with some of the X-Men movies? Uh, well, this last one, you know, X-Men Apocalypse was not character driven. No. And do, who was wasn't. the main character? Who was the main character? Um, Apocalypse? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I'm like, Mystique, kind of? I, I don't know. There, there's no I, – in Days of Future Past, it's definitely like a Wolverine-driven movie. Yeah. Uh, th- there's no there's nobody's perspective, nobody's eyes for us to look through, and that just fucks it up even more. You have to make people care about the characters. Right. Right. And did you care too much about any of these characters? No. No. I mean, that's, Quicksilver that's was cool, problem. but – I like I like the dog eating the pizza. Well, like I said, what's the what was my favorite? One of my favorite parts was the story with Magneto with his family. That was character driven, right? It, you're right, and that's it's the only part of the movie that is. Yeah. God damn it, man! All right, are, are I think, we? I think we. I think we figured it out. What the, what the problem was? Yeah. That, that was it. Yeah, and the fact that they, but the thing is, they can't get the characters right anyway. So I'm just at the point where who gives a fuck? Hugh Jackman, he has one more Wolverine solo movie. Apparently, it's going to be Old Man Logan. Um, I don't know how you feel about that or how familiar you are with it. That um, he's I looked done. it up after you mentioned it the last time. I looked it up. Okay. Um, I, I I'm at the point now where like this shit needs to be blown up and restarted because. They have persistently fucked up this entire X-Men universe. Let's just say that Deadpool is the first movie in the new X-Men Fox universe. And it <laughs> actually writes some fucking stories true to the characters. Well, Deadpool was extremely character driven. It was. And like, that's, I would like to see like, Hey, let Deadpool, that's the first movie. That's the cornerstone upon which we can build the rest of it because the rest of it's garbage. The rest you know, the, all the old actors are pretty much too old to play the parts now. Uh, Hugh Jackman, he's, he's done. He's sick of playing Wolverine. Um, we're going to have to find a new one anyway. Let's, let's find a little guy who's going to embody the character more. If we want to do some of these old classic, <laughs> if we want to do some of these old I'm stories, evil. I'm evil. I'm evil. My brain went Peter Dinklage as Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's more like Puck. From yeah, that's Alpha true. Flight. That's true. Yes. <laughs> now, that's right. I just threw out Puck from Alpha Flight. Everybody who's listening who is like, Alpha I Flight. need to Google that. Yes, you do. What I else? know Puck from Alpha Flight. You do, but nobody else <laughs> Nobody else does. They're Canadian. Therefore, nobody cares. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Let's wrap this, this part up. Well, well, Anything with the else Avengers, you want to say about it? With the Avengers, they made you care about the characters yeah. With their own movies first. Yeah. You're and right. Then, and that's true. You're, you're absolutely correct. The, their own little solo adventures get together. And I think that's, you know, that might be the way to do it in the future. And, and then when the they thing. had, then when they had the Avengers, you already cared about the characters. Right. So they didn't yeah. have to go in depth 
too much on the characters. They'd already done that. Yeah. That, so then yeah, they could true. have a big action blowout. All right, sorry. And, you know, speaking about, I know we we didn't do a, a kinky tauntaun about it, but I mean, how good was Captain America: Civil War? That was pretty good. It was. I loved it. it was, like I loved that movie, and 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 I'm not going to say it's my favorite Marvel movie yet, but it's probably in the top three or four. Like it, it, was, it was that good for me. I liked it, it better than Winter Soldier. It was pretty good. Uh, it was it was a little rough. It's like, guys, don't fight. You should all be friends. No, but like, that's what makes it cool, man. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> anyway, all right. So we're we're gonna revisit this topic, and we are going to recast our X Men franchise reboot. Okay. Cool. You have to all tell. Right. Them, you have to get a list of who do you who do you want to include. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm gonna give you some time to prepare. Give me some time to prepare, <laughs> and we are going to meet back here in like two weeks' time and record uh, an update to this. Cool. All right, uh, Jeffrey. What's next on the docket? And now they're not that important. Not even close to normal, but definitely not boring. It's N3 news. <laughs> <laughs> Ghost hunters capture paranormal activity. What? Yeah. The picturesque 19th century Schulacotes Lane graveyard in Hull, England, often attracts visitors looking for a glimpse of a ghostly monk known as Henry, who is said to guard the oldest tombstones. So when the tourist party first heard the sounds of moans, they thought they might have struck it lucky. Instead... They were stunned to find a team of cameramen with sound equipment gathered around a couple filming a porno. (laughs) (laughs) Best ghost hunt ever! (laughs) It's definitely paranormal to a graveyard. Oh, true. It's true. Uh, Paranormal expert Mike... Colville, 37, of the TV show's Most Haunted, who was leading the tour, described the pair as going at it like knives among the ivy. Oh, wait, sorry. That's a going at it like knives among the ivy. That's a weird oh my God. expression. While two <sighs> men were recording it on video, he said, the woman was in her 30s, and when she saw us, she pushed the bloke off, pulled up her knickers, and ran. <laughs> the guy... <laughs> The guy ran after her, desperately trying to protect his privates from the brambles. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> we don't know where. We didn't know where to look. Um, <laughs> oh my god! And one elder elderly man that was in the group was so incensed he was ready to chase after them with his walking stick, <laughs> but someone persuaded him to calm down and eat his sandwiches. <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, oh, you damn kill uh, sandwich. That's what, okay. <laughs> so speaking of ghost hunting, our, our boy Mohammed, he uh, he texted me the other day. He's like, "Hey, you ever watch Ghost Brothers?" I'm like, "What the hell is ghost that?" Brothers? He's like, "It's black people going ghost hunting. It's on Destination America. Go watch it." So like. <laughs> You know, uh, with with all the the stereotyping involved with 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 African Americans going ghost hunting or the lack thereof, I'm like, oh my god, this has to be the funniest fucking show ever. <laughs> so I watched it. I'm like, oh, these are just normal guys going ghost hunting. <laughs> well, yeah, because it's kind of stereotypical that black people are. 
terrified of ghosts. Right, 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 right. So it's just funny. Like, you know, you, know, you, you wouldn't see anybody do Like, I thought it was just going to be funny. Like, them freaking out about stuff or having, you know, interesting perspectives on things. But I no, just thought was, of the South Park episode. It was a, it was a regular a regular ghost hunting show. I just thought of the South Park episode. Yeah. Where all the rich black people move to South Park and they scare them off by dressing as quote unquote ghosts. Oh my God. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, Our next. <laughs> I think we've all had those unfortunate days where we just can't seem to get off the toilet. I had uh, one of those just recently. <laughs> I had a couple uh, of those just general? recently. But that's nothing compared to what one man in Thailand had to deal with. Oh, God. 38, 38 year old At Porn Bon Mac Choi. I'm sure that's exactly how it's pronounced. Uh, you just slaughtered that, that guy's name right right like about his his male members about to get slaughtered. <laughs> Well, he, anyways, that guy was sitting on the toilet when he reached down with his hands after feeling a sharp bite, only to discover, only to discover a serpent's jaws clamped oh down around the tip God. of his penis. <laughs> my, my, I, <laughs> okay, um, there are all sorts of things wrong with this story. Number one, how do you sit down on a toilet and not notice a big fucking snake? Okay. Even if it's coming through the plumbing, you're going to hear something. All right. No, they're they're quiet. They're quiet. Some splashing. (sighs) I have heard plenty of stories of it's very common in apartment buildings when people have snakes for pets. When they get out, they'll go into the toilet and they'll climb through the pipes into other people's apartments and it's usually it's usually a pet that gets eaten in that instance but yeah if it had just come through and it's kind of chilling in the toilet and you sit down without looking yeah uh, i always i always look because you do and you always (laughs) trick your shoes before you put them on because of spiders spiders yep yep i've Um, heard stories jeff jeff we we all might not we we all might need to have a little more Jeff sense in our life. <laughs> Whatever. Well, the Atapurn, that's the guy's name as close as I can get it, Atapurn, screamed out for his wife as he thrashed around trying to dislodge the 11-foot... When, when she came in there, she's like, oh yeah, finally some medication that works. 11-foot python. Jeff. <laughs> that's a big fucking snake. Yeah. Mom- and they have hundreds of needle-sharp teeth, oh, recurved. Uh, moments before collapsing, he managed to tie a rope around the snake's head and tie it to the bathroom door. I don't know exactly what that was about. Uh, Did he but anyways, lose the member? Uh, no, I don't think so. He was rushed to the hospital after suffering horrific bl- blood loss in the ordeal. Footage shows... Footage shows emergency crews trying to ease the python out of the pipes under the toilet and using hammers to smash it free. The reptile was then made safe and placed in a bag ahead of being released back in the wild. Oh, so I would want that python's head on the wall. <laughs> well, maybe that guy has a new quest in life. I will find, I will find the snake that wronged me, and I will kill it. Uh, maybe he discovered a new a, a new species, the, the pecker python, or something. <laughs> 
Oh, whatever. Um, we've been seeing pecker pythons in porn for a while now. <laughs> well, that's true. And how funny is the, you know, he's a python on the end of his dock, on the end of his dock, on the end of his dick, and his name is Atapporn. Uh, it's, <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, what, what, okay, I, I, I'm no longer comfortable with the story. <laughs> Let's move okay, on. it's over. It's over. All right, all right. Uh, and uh, next story, hilariously wrong. Uh, man, uh, crap. Hold on a second. <laughs> Early this year, a Scottish man named Marcus Meachin, not Meacham, Meachin, uploaded oh, okay. a video, uploaded a video to YouTube where he said, "My girlfriend is always ranting and raving about how cute her dog is, so I thought I would turn him into the least cute thing I could think of, which is a Nazi." Which is oh a Nazi. my god. This is awesome. I like this is sad, but I remember <laughs> reading about this. Keep going. <laughs> the dog, a pug named Buddha, responded to the phrase gas the Jews. Uh <laughs> it's 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 so okay. We're probably going to hell for this amongst the other things that we've said and done. But <laughs> god damn it. Like I'm sorry. It, it's funny. It's funny. It's it's funny. It was cute. And the dog would get so excited and and by the time the video was over, the dog could be in a dead sleep. And he'd be going, Buddha, Buddha, get up, Buddha. Cast the Jews. And Buddha's, Buddha's head would go, what, what, what? Oh, my God. <laughs> and and he, he taught it to Sig Heil. Yeah, he would raise his paw in imitation oh of a Nazi salute when he'd heard the word Sig Heil. Uh, the video showed uh, Buddha viewing footage of Hitler sp- speeches. <laughs> It's so terrible, but like, uh, okay, I realize. I was prepared. I was prepared to hate the guy, but when I watched it, it was funny. I'm sorry, <laughs> but but read what happened to the guy. When the video first saw uh, first uploaded last month, Meechin denied being a racist, and instead he made the video solely to annoy his girlfriend, saying, "I am so sorry to the Jewish community for any offense I have caused them. This was never my intention, and I apologize." I mean, he said the most uncute thing you could think of was a Nazi, so (laughs) (laughs) he doesn't like Nazis. (laughs) He's just trying to annoy his girlfriend. Um, Oh, my God. It has now emerged that Meacham, uh, not Meacham, Meacham (laughs) was arrested on April 28th in his house in Coatbridge, Lancashire. Uh, He was subsequently released pending further investigations. Detective Inspector David Cockburn. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) That just struck me funny. Those English are their names. Cockburn of Lancashire uh, said, This clip was shared online and has been viewed almost one million times. I was one of them. (laughs) I would ask anyone who has had the misfortune to have viewed it to think about the pain and hurt the narrative has caused a minority of people in our community. This clip is... Deeply offensive, and no reasonable person, uh uh-oh, can can possibly find the content acceptable in today's society. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Um, Jeff? Yeah? (laughs) I think we might be bad people. (laughs) No, we're good people. We just have really twisted senses of humor. Um... I, I, I want to feel bad about it, but like, it's okay. It, I realize the Holocaust is not something 
one should joke about and get away with. But on the other hand, guys, if we can't laugh about certain things, then we're we're, we're done for uh, as a society. Well, as George Carlin said, you can joke about anything. It's all about how you construct the joke. One thing has to be way out of proportion. And the thing that was out of proportion is this cute little dog. Right. You know, responding happily to gas the Jews and zig heiling. I mean... It's so it, cute. It's so wrong. But it's, it's so, so wrong. Funny. Oh my god! Uh, uh, all right, before we get in, get in any more trouble, let's go to the next story. <laughs> we apologize to anybody who might find us offensive, and uh, uh, yeah, yeah. And ask, why? Why are you still listening? <laughs> We're offensive all the time. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> and now it's time for Darwin Weeps, stories about dumb people that would make Darwin weep for the future oh, of our yeah. species. All right. <laughs> Texas Republican Louis Gohmert will save us from gay space colonies. <laughs> uh, what? Louis Gohmert, the old Texas turtle, is proving once again that his brain is slow and unsteady. Here's an excerpt from what can loosely be called a speech that Gomert Pyle uh, recently gave in the United States House of Representatives. I mean, I I really wonder how many people in this body who had the ultimate power to decide whether humanity would go forward or not, whether it was an asteroid coming, something that would end humanity on Earth as dinosaurs were, were ended at one time. Okay, we've got a spaceship that can go, as Matt Damon did in the movie, plant a colony somewhere. We can have humans survive this terrible disaster about to befall. If you could decide what 40 people you put on the spacecraft that would save humanity... How many of those would be same-sex couples? You're wanting to save humankind for posterity. Uh, Jeff, does he know something that we don't? Oh, you think that asteroid that's supposed to miss us is actually not going to? Maybe this is his segue into saying, you know, hey, no homosexual, no, no homosexuals on the... Uh, the the mother the mothership or something basically a modern day noah you have that ability to be a modern day noah you can preserve life how many same sex couples would you take from the animal kingdom and from humans to put on a spacecraft to perpetuate humanity and the wildlife kingdom that's why it's been called part of the natural law natural law given by the creator oh jesus okay we're oh my god (laughs) jeff we're the race who taught a pug how to sig heil and get happy about gassing jews maybe he needs to watch that video maybe we're not worth saving Oh, I think we're worth saving. (laughs) Okay, keep going. Why? Because of humor. (laughs) But when we continue to abolish 
the first words of the Bill of Rights, First Amendment, and we continue to prohibit the free exercise of religion, we don't have much longer to go. Uh, uh, what these guys, okay? Uh, I'm not going to say a blanket generalization in that, you know, all Republicans are not well equipped to have conversations about science. However, I'm willing to put forth that most Republicans are not well equipped to have conversations <laughs> that have anything to do with science. What? But I thought I thought a Republican dumbass. was I thought the Republican was the head of the National Science Committee. Uh, <laughs> who's a who's a climate change denier? And, and he probably <laughs> wants to put creationism in the textbooks. Oh yeah. Well, about this, personally, I think that an all-gay space colony would actually be the way to go. Actually, uh, at least in the beginning, there would be no unauthorized breeding to throw off resource consumption in the critical first stage of the colony's development. The only resource growth, uh, only when resource growth becomes sustainable, would you start in vitro fertilization at a controlled rate. So this would probably be a good way to go. An all-gay space colony would be the way to go. Um. Yeah. I mean, that that's one way of going about it. Man. So take that, Gomer. Take that, go. Yeah, indeed. Okay. What's next, man? <clears throat> Apparently, Yoda was wrong. <gasps> Shut the fuck up. Or I should say, wrong. Apparently, Yoda was. Oh. Uh, a 52-year-old Russian man has been detained after using an axe to sever his friend's penis. Whoa. What, why we have two <laughs> dick? <sighs> I, I don't know, man. The two villagers had been arguing about the size of their manhoods during a two-day drinking session oh, in, the Ural, in the Urals region of Bashkortostan. I'm sure, again, I pronounced that perfectly. After embarking on a penis measuring competition, the loser was so enraged that he attacked his 47-year-old friend with an axe. The man grabbed the axe and hit his friend over the head with it before chopping off the man's penis. Oh, God damn it, man. With an axe. Yeah, this is what the vodka does to you people. Lay off the vodka. Guaranteed that wasn't a clean cut that can just be easily put back on. <laughs> A neighbor called the emergency service after hearing the man's pained screams. Unsurprisingly, reports said it was the man judged to have the smaller genitals who, wel- who wielded the axe. Oh uh, <laughs> the men have known each other since childhood. The attacker is... <laughs> uh, Jeff, um, if you ever come at me with an axe, I, I, know, I know what's going on, all right? Wait for it. Wait for it. Oh, God. <laughs> The attacker has been charged with inflicting a grave injury on his friend. He faces up to eight years in jail if convicted. Now, as far as I know, we don't have any axes, but you have a machete, and I have a I sword. Do. So next time I come over, we can whip out our members and have a sword fight. Uh, oh, wait. I mean, measure first, I... and, then, and then have a sword fight. <laughs> I don't really find that that's necessary to ma- maintain the integrity uh, and health of our relationship. (laughs) 
I don't know. Some people have sword fights and they have fun. Uh, <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, I'm not doing it, though. I know. I, 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 I no. You're much better with a blade than I am. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That that both kind of sword fights. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know what kind of conversation this is, but I'm, I'm once again excusing myself. <laughs> well, well, that's it. We're done. Oh, so that's that's Darwin Weeps. That's Darwin oh, Weeps. Okay. No, no no dick measuring contest, either you know, literal or metaphoric. Uh. <laughs> Uh, it's been it's been wonderful as usual as usual, Jeffrey. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I guess that is going to end the tenth episode of the Kinky Tauntaun. Do not forget that we want you on the inside. This is Buchacha. It's warmer on the inside. This is Jeff. Is this how and it starts? A trip to the Laughing Academy? No, you silly bastard. It starts with asking yourself silly questions. Uh, that, that's a Mega Man. Unsung oh. classic, my friend. Unsung okay. classic. All right. It's a muchacha. I'm out. This is Jeff. Out. Later. Hello, cutie pie. What is thy bidding, my master? Listen to me very carefully. You are mine now. You belong to me. My nipples are very sensitive. Feel how soft my skin is. Do it! Do it! <laughs> Ew, seriously? That is so gross. Bear fucker! Do you need assistance? Kinda grabs you by the boo-boo, don't it? More teens are having fuck, having luck. He has an erection. Yeah, yeah, yeah! It's all her fault! Then you got an idea. A wonderful, awful idea. Seduction used to be an art. Now, of course, it's brutish and it's predatory. And here's what consent is. The person is severely intoxicated or unconscious as a result of alcohol or drugs, is physically or developmentally disabled. The victim is under the age of 13 or is elderly. So as long as the girl's 13, she can give consent for sex, provided it's creative and enthusiastic. You keep using that word. I don't think it means what you think it means. No means yes if you know how to spot it. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life. I am not gay. I never have been gay. He says he's not gay, but uh, let's see what a few drinks and a back massage would do to him, huh? What do you think? Me, you, the old lady, a little sandwich action? Okay. But I get to be on top. Let me guess, you dropped the soap. Please take that out of my ass. You're in more dire need of a blowjob than any white man in history. Gross, right in a fucking eyeball. Because it, it really does make you feel like you're inside this 11-year-old girl. In a profoundly wholesome way. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. I think you are filth. I think you are scum. You are a degenerate! I'm not a pervert! Microphone. So, Jeffrey, how's your ass? Um, my ass is okay. Um, it is not, uh, 
a an ass of fuego del fuego <laughs> not yet uh, okay okay I, i'm thinking about having fajitas for dinner so maybe tomorrow Ooh, <laughs> fajitas <laughs> um yeah that's that's about the exp the extent of my espanol here <laughs> you're still here it's over go home Go.